Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, another debate in the Democratic leadership race was held last night. And uh, despite early predictions that Biden was going to be the front runner in all of this, all we keep hearing is Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Feel the burn. Uh, he was pretty much uh, the pinata last night as well. Here is some uh, clips from the Democratic debate in the United States last night. Uh, Bernie making his case for health care and climate change initiatives. Health care is a human right. We have the necessity, the moral imperative to address the existential threat of climate change. Other countries are doing that. Uh, Bloomberg also taking some swings at Bernie. Donald Trump thinks it would be better if he's president. I do not think so. Vladimir Putin thinks that Donald Trump is, should be president of the United States. And that's why Russia is helping you get oh, elected so Mr. you'll Bloomberg. lose to him. Now, there you go. And Klobuchar calling for peace in all of this. If we spend the next four months tearing our party apart, we're going to watch Donald Trump spend the next four years tearing our country apart. All right, let's bring in Reggie Cicchini, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. He is with us now. Uh, Reggie, your thoughts on everything that went down? I mean, a while ago we were talking about Biden, Biden, Biden. Now it seems to be Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Yeah, and you know what? It's been Bernie, Bernie, Bernie for the last couple of weeks, if not the last couple of months, and definitely through the first couple of primaries and caucuses. And I think we're going to continue to talk about Bernie Sanders well into the very beginning of this kind of uh, uh, trumped-up primary season, beginning with Super Tuesday. I think Joe Biden put all of his eggs in one basket when it comes to the South Carolina primary coming up on uh, on Saturday. He gave a good, uh, a decent, a better performance than he has in the last couple of debates, uh, simply understanding that everything is on the line. And while Joe Biden may walk away uh, a winner on South Carolina as it, in a much-needed win, I still think that there is going to be a potential for Bernie Sanders to possibly get some kind of insurmountable lead once we make our way through Super Tuesday, where he has simply been campaigning and putting a number of ground troops on the floor in a number of states. Uh, as you said, uh, Biden uh, banking on just a couple of, of, of uh, certain situations here. Uh, that being said, has the lack of momentum up till now threatened that? Well, I mean, he doesn't have as much support as he did maybe when this all started, uh, you know, within the last couple of months. And we've seen that a lot of Biden support has been eroded by uh, the number of people that are continuing to run down the middle of the uh, of the campaign aisle. And it's not really doing anything to take the people away from Bernie Sanders. I think the Biden campaign simply uh, is, is kind of uh, uh, dealing with the ramifications of not putting any troops on the ground in the beginning states of this primary in New Hampshire, in Iowa, in Nevada. Joe Biden essentially said, I don't care about these states. They don't represent America. And I think that that may have created and set a negative tone for the former vice president. And now he's in a battle to ensure that last night wasn't going to be his very last debate performance. So is time running out for him to uh, make a race out of this? Because he's been hanging with the, the back, and not the back, but certainly not in the front, the first two or three spots uh, in this race. Uh, Is time running out for him to make that charge? I think Saturday is going to give us the best answer for that because the moderator simply looked at him last night and said, if you don't win South Carolina on Saturday, will you bow out of the race? And his response was, 
I'm going to win. The problem is, if he doesn't win, that's going to be four in a row that he failed to break top three, and it will cause problems not only for his own internal momentum within his campaign, it also causes problems for donors uh, and for a base who might see him as a non-viable candidate, and they may find themselves inching over towards someone like Mayor Pete Buttigieg or into uh, you know the laneway uh, of Amy Klobuchar. So I think that there is a lot riding on the Biden campaign for this Saturday. He said that it's going to be the state that is uh, that is essentially his to win. He's leading in the polls right now, mostly within the margin of error against Bernie Sanders. So this is going to be a very closely watched and a very a very heavily fought race. As we see Bernie picking up momentum, does that uh, encourage those who are supporters of Biden to get out and, and mobilize? Well, I mean, possibly that Bernie Sanders has a has a large base around him, but they're not the same base that is following someone like uh, like Joe Biden. And I think that the Biden campaign really needs to look at everyone else that's surrounding him. He focused a lot of his attacks last night on Bernie Sanders and on Michael Bloomberg and Tom Steyer, but he didn't do anything to try and win over the voters uh, that could potentially be in line for Pete Buttigieg and for Amy Klobuchar, even possibly for Elizabeth Warren. There's still so many people standing in the center of this race right now that if the Biden campaign wants to come out on top, they need to understand that there are people standing next to him siphoning off potential support. And if he's going to go after the front runner, he needs to make a, a, a kind of a splash that will draw in support from another aisle because there are simply too many people standing in the center right now. And that's simply a letting uh, Bernie Sanders run free with this with this kind of, you know, presumed nomination. That being said, if uh, Bernie and Joe Biden are sucking all of the oxygen out of the room, where does that leave the others? Can some one come up through the middle. Well, I mean, it's possible, and Joe Biden is looking to be that person who comes up through the middle. He still polls uh, very high when you look at the national numbers, and he polls higher than somebody like Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar, who typically are, you know, in a race to try and get into the double digits when you're looking at national polls. I think that, you know, Bernie Sanders is, is simply, you know, putting himself in a position where he's going to be the presumed front runner. He has been the presumed front runner, and he runs a risk of potentially getting a significant number of delegates once we get through Super Tuesday. Uh, and I think that's going to pose problems for anyone trying to get in the middle. And then when you put in the mix someone like Tom Steyer and someone like Michael Bloomberg, there simply isn't enough support in the middle to give to one person, and it makes it that much more difficult to try and run away. So who will be able to unseed Bernie at this point? Is, well, is I mean, Biden like, the only is the is he the only one at this point or can the others make her charge? If, if Joe Biden is able to make a splash on Saturday and is able to walk away, not with just a win, because he said last night to one of the moderators, you know, if he walks away with a one-point win, that'll be good enough for him. But I think that he's going to need something like a double-digit win over someone like Bernie Sanders to give his campaign something to run for. If he is unable to make South Carolina this big state that he has put his, you know, his uh, political career basically on the line for, if he's unable to walk away with that in a big way, I think that that may scare off some of his support, and they may walk over to somebody like Mayor Pete Buttigieg. He had an incredibly uh, um, uh, strong uh, uh, performance last night on the debate stage. He was able to get his sentences out cohesively and coherently, and he was able to make his attacks and barbs uh, kind of stick and make its way into the headlines the following day. And I think that that's somewhere where the uh, the vice president, the former vice president support, may go if he doesn't walk away as big of a winner as he's anticipated it. 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, Bernie doing well, but many question whether he can beat uh, Donald Trump. Many within the Democratic Party saying he's moved the party or would move the party too far uh, to the left. Are we underestimating Bernie? Are we underestimating the United States here? Or uh, will that change the complexion of all of this once push comes to shove? Well, I mean, look, Bernie has a, a significant group, uh, this grassroots group that has been surrounding him, not you know just in this campaign, but when he was uh, running to try and take the nomination from Hillary Clinton in 2016 as well. And while Democrats will fear that Bernie Sanders is moving too far to the left, you have to look at how big uh, of, of a surrounding he has with him. He has a number of, of minorities who surround him. He has a number of unions who surround him. He has a number of blue-collar workers who surround him. And this is uh, you know a vast majority of what America is becoming. So I think the Dem- Democrats need to be careful by saying that he's pulling the party too far to the left. Yes, he has an incredibly, uh, you know, demanding... Uh, platform when it comes to how he wants to see health care move towards in the United States. And it's going to be difficult for him to get that in play if he wins, because A, uh, it's it's unheard of territory for Americans, but B, it also comes with a significant price tag, uh, upwards of 50 and $60 trillion, which is a scary number for a lot of Americans. But he has a large population of people that will follow him. And if he doesn't walk away, you know, uh, with some kind of uh, big number after Super Tuesday or whatever happens by the time we get to the convention, it's hard for Democrats to kind of turn around and say, well, do I not support Bernie Sanders and throw my vote towards Donald Trump? What would a race between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump look like, do you think? Well, I mean, considering how completely opposite both of them are, that's, ex- uh, it, that's it would, an extreme race. <laughs> it would be it would be a, you know a sight to see when they're in a debate with each other because Bernie Sanders is being accused right now of not being transparent when it comes to what he wants uh, for policy changes in the United States. He has that health care plan; it's a fifty trillion dollar plan, but he's had a hard time explaining how he's going to pay for that, other than by saying he's going to put a tax on Wall Street and make uh, you know people making X number of billions of dollars pay X number uh, percentage in taxes, despite the fact that they will likely find loopholes to get around that. I think that his inability to explain certain things, along with President Trump's inability to uh, be clear or be factual in certain things, will make the debate between the two of them uh, difficult to understand. But also, it's just a complete, you know, Trump, uh, President Trump and Hillary Clinton was one thing, because both of them at one point were Democrats. Bernie Sanders has never been a Democrat and is simply running uh, for the ticket because you can't run as a third party. Where is Barack Obama in all of this? Uh, We had heard rumblings earlier on that he was concerned about the party moving too far to the left. What about those established Democrats? Well, I mean, Barack Obama right now is appearing in a good number of campaign ads for both Joe Biden and Michael Bloomberg, despite the fact that he hasn't uh, given an endorsement for either of them. And he's mostly stayed out of this race. He really has tried to let the Democrats find their own grounding and find their own footing, trying to not interject himself in a way because he understands that he can be a distraction uh, for either, you know, getting in the way of a potential candidate's policy or make it look like he's propping up a potential candidate's policy. And I think he's doing the best he can by staying as apolitical as he can. He believes the party could potentially be moving too far to the left, but again, that's because Bernie Sanders is not a true Democrat. He still runs as an independent. Uh, and I think that that former President Obama is simply just kind of wading the waters, and he'll wait and see what happens as we move closer to, you know, whittling this number of, of contenders down to, you know, two or three before he decides to make any kind of statement. 
Um, many have said that uh, uh, only Biden is the one that can beat Donald Trump. Uh, Bernie too far, uh, too extreme. The others not known enough. Um, is that is that still the same? Are people still thinking that it's only Biden that can beat Donald Trump? Well, I mean, Joe Biden and Joe Biden's campaign will say that he's the only person that can beat Trump. But if you look at national polls, it shows that Bernie Sanders, oftentimes when paired up against Donald Trump, uh, comes out with a double-digit lead over the sitting president. Now, I mean, the most recent polls that were put out show that all of the Democratic contenders that were on stage last night, with the exception of Tom Steyer, would be able to beat Donald Trump in a general election, in the general polls. But we also understand that polls can't simply be taken at face value. There's a lot of uh, unknowns and a lot of questions about them. But Bernie said any any person who's on stage is going to say they're the ones who can beat Donald Trump. Joe Biden is simply the most vocal on them because that was his campaign slogan, that he's the one who can beat Donald Trump. All right, can't let you go, Reggie, without your comments on coronavirus. Uh, This made lots of headlines a couple of weeks ago, then sort of subsided. Now we're starting to see some of the uh, cluster infections in various other parts of the world, including the United States. Uh, Is he on the same path, on the same plane as other health officials in the United States? Well, I mean, look, this is going to be a big problem for not just the United States, not just for Canada, but for the world as a whole. We heard the CDC yesterday say that this is not a matter of if this becomes a pandemic. It's a matter of when this becomes a pandemic. And I think that it is going to be important and interesting to hear what President Trump has to say when he speaks tonight at 6 o'clock. He's going to be standing with members of, uh, of the government health organizations from the CDC, and they're not on the same page when it comes to the severity of this illness. The CDC has been warning that people need to be taking precautions, that there is no cure for it right now, that a cure is not around the corner. And President Trump, uh, just yesterday when he was speaking in India, said that a cure is potentially coming sometime in the next two months, which would be scientifically almost impossible, but also that it's not likely going to impact Americans. And I think that the president is doing what he can to ensure that his base doesn't get rattled, to ensure that the markets don't get rattled, and to ensure that his uh, electability is, you know, remaining as strong as he believes it to be. But, you know, once again, we're seeing the president at odds with his own administration going back to the hurricanes last year when he drew his own map with a Sharpie to show that that's where he wanted something to go. Uh, So clearly he is us underestimating this. We have seen in the past when he disagrees with members of his staff or the White House or such, but this is a health issue. Um, You know, you can't stand on one side of of the house and say this is what's happening and then stand on the other and say that is happening. Uh, When it hits, it hits. Uh, Is this something that could change the uh, trajectory of his presidency? If 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 he underestimates this. Absolutely it could, because look at what's happened over the last two days. We lost 1,900 points on the Dow Jones, and the president has staked his entire presidency on having a good economy, and this market is taking a tumble because of what's happening with this virus that's spreading around the world. The president wants to ensure that his base sees that he, whether or not he is or not, is controlling the situation and will take any kind of market movement and try to place the blame either on a Democrat or something that's not linked to the current issue right now. What's going to end up happening, according to to experts and analysts, and, and, and the pundits who pay attention to the president on a regular basis is that it's going to kind of uh, uh, spin out of control and leave the president's ability to be able to say it is contained. And then once it is, uh, you know, reaching this kind of pandemic portion across the United States, the president will find somebody else to blame because he didn't do enough to protect people in the first place. So the president's kind of dug himself into a hole right here by simply saying that America doesn't need to be prepared for this when America should be preparing just as much as every other country in the world is. What about the health community? Uh, are they prepared for this? We've cer- certainly seen what happened 
happened in Canada and such and how they've reacted to this and other parts of the world as well, obviously in the wake of SARS, are you confident the U.S. is ready for this? Well, I think the U.S. is doing what they can to be ready for this. I mean, the, the Trump administration has uh, nixed or at least axed a good chunk of uh, pandemic funding that was put in place by the former administration to be able to deal with these kinds of global uh, kind of an increased uh, uh, effort on Congress's part to be able to come up with the money. The president uh, reportedly said to ask for $2.5 billion, likely not going to be enough to combat this, but the health uh, organizations across the United States are going to have to do what they can with the slimmed down uh, available dollars that they can to be able to, to prepare the country. I mean, there have already been uh, health experts telling people to be prepared to telecommute, not go into the office, not go into sporting events, not put themselves in situations uh, like school schools where there could be uh, an opportunity for these kind of diseases to spread. So there is a message that's being put across to the people, but to get a message put across like that, you need the funding behind it to be able to carry out testing, and the U.S. is simply far behind the rest of the world right now when it comes to trying to carry these things out. Reggie Giacchini has been with us, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 5.30 and 6 for more on all of this. Reggie, as always, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy Washington. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.